We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. Today's episode, I recorded it with my guy, Chris Morhan. Chris is a buddy of mine out in Vegas. Met him a couple years ago, and he was one of the big promoters at one of the places that we went to, and we've sort of built a friendship over the years, and he's my Vegas guy. He's my Vegas plug. Any questions I got about Vegas, I go to Chris first, and he's originally from New York, and he moved out there, and you guys know how I feel about people that move from their hometown there's a stat that I read one time that 70% of people never leave their hometown as far as moving goes. So I always really, really respect people that go up and go. And I mean, his story is really, really cool. And he's a Raiders season ticket holder. So we talk about the Raiders being in Vegas. We talk about the Vegas flu, which I've been saying for years is a real thing. So it was validated by someone that's been in the trenches. So a really fun conversation. And we close out the show talking a little NFL with some way, way too early Super Bowl predictions. So, housekeeping notes, it's a three-pod week. Alan and I will be recording some NFL free agency stuff. That'll come out on Wednesday. Part two of the doctor pod with the gambling addiction expert, Daniel Umfleet. That is already up on Patreon. So you can go listen to that now if you are a member of the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum, cheap plug. But that'll be out on Friday as well. Thank you for the feedback for the first episode of that. I cut it up into two because it was about a two-hour and change kind of conversation. But yeah, man. Uh, what else is there? What else is there? What else is there? Patreon members, I don't have the list in front of me right now because I left my laptop at my parents because it was my birthday over the weekend. So I was back home. And yeah, I got you guys on the next episode, but a lot of fun stuff. Follow us where you need to follow us. Enjoy the conversation with my guy, Chris, and we'll catch you guys next time. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Another episode in the Blue Wire Studio. Shout out to the win. 
Shout out to the guys in the booth, as always. Shout out to my guy right here. Man, first of all, what a setup this is. Those guys, this is professional, professional. I thought I had it going on with my podcast. This makes me look like a loser. This is awesome. Congratulations, <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah, man, this is cool. This is dope. This is the second time that I'm out here uh, for the studio. And anytime now that I come out to Vegas, I'm like, yo, I got to try to record something if I can. And I've been trying to do a show with you for a minute. Yeah. But every time you would record yours, it'd be like midweek. And then just always just fumbling shit around. Yeah, I mean, you being on back on the East Coast, me being here on the West Coast, and the job that I had, which was nightlife, mm-hmm. so it's all weekends, you know, so the only time, only free time I really had was like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, afternoon, right? It's yeah. such an awkward time. But when I was doing my podcast, which was the Well Connected Podcast, um, shout out to my partner, Gino, or my co-host, um, it was always some random times that we... It, we, it just became very difficult for us. We're both nightlife guys and both family guys. Mm-hmm. So even trying to connect with you often across the country was like, geez, like one in a million. Yeah. So I'm happy I'm here, though. This is awesome. This is great. Nah, man, you're, you're, there's no BS. I'm not just trying to kiss ass here. You're, when it comes to Vegas stuff, I always come to you first, whether it's like advice or, you know, because I've been trying to move out here for a while. Yeah. And now I think it's more likely and, and it's more it's much more possible now and realistic for me to do it. But you just always just like light me up. Like, dude, just come out here, man. Well, I can tell you from being out here now, this is about 12 years. Mm -hmm. Anyone that asked me, and and I always say to them, you know, what's keeping you from moving out here, especially if we're from New York or we're from, right from the same area, roughly, Um, you know, what's keeping you? Because if it's, if it's your job, it's your kids, um, family, you know, your parents are getting older, grandparents. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But if you have nothing holding you back, and you're into sports, entertainment, the action, um, you know, uh, just a, a better way of living. You're sick of the cold weather, like I was telling the guys earlier. This is the place. And, and I firmly believe that. And I remember when I first moved out here, it was right after the 2008 um, kind of recession that hit the country. I was working downtown in New York mm. by the World Trade Center. I was bartending, right? And I saw firsthand what happened to the economy in New York City. Like it just tanked. People are literally jumping off buildings at that time. And when I moved out here, you know, Vegas was kind of going through, Vegas got smacked the hardest. Anytime Mm. there's a huge recession, like we saw with COVID too, Vegas, the entertainment world gets hit. Why? Uh, Because it's, it's extra money, right? Your disposable income goes away. You're not going to take the Vegas trip with the boys. Makes sense. You know, you're you're not going to go, you can't gamble 10K. You can't go to Encore Beach Club. You can't go to Wet Republic and all that kind of stuff. So the lifeline of, of out here where most people are industry and nightlife related restaurants, those jobs just go away. Mm. And um, when I first came out here, Vegas was rebuilding. And I just kind of saw the potential, right? And I wish, you know, looking back at it now, because I'm going through the process of selling my home now, and I wish had if I saw even farther, even more hindsight, if I would have bought, you know, one or two houses for dirt cheap, I, I'd, be, I'd be retired by now, right? <laughs> and that's only 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Word. It's not that long ago. Yeah. So just going back to it, I think this is an amazing place to live. I've been pushing you to live out here. I think you're perfect for it especially if you have this going on and, and some other things that you kind of can layer in, no better place than Vegas. Yeah, man. Firmly believe that. Yeah, you've been telling me that for a minute now, too. You remember how we met? Yeah, you, uh, you were with Joe Santagato at yeah, his bachelor party. Guy. Nah, it was... His or your boys? Yeah, it was one of my friend's okay. bachelor parties. So someone... I remember that you guys came to Daylight Beach Club. I was the director of, of uh, customer development then. I recognized Joe from like Facebook videos and stuff. And I also knew that you guys were, had to be New York guys. So yeah. it, for me, it's an instant connection. And it's an advantage when I was running nightclubs where if I saw guys from New York, like Italian dudes, that switch goes on for me. Hey, how you doing boys? What's up? You're right. Because that's what it is. <laughs> Word, and, yeah. and my job was connecting with people. 
And my job was making sure that people felt comfortable. And like you said, the fact that you even said when we sat down, you know, I call you or I reach out to you, anything Vegas related, that means I did my job. Right? As a VIP host, my job is if you have any questions, whether it's nightclubs, restaurants, living, whatever question, you, you think about Vegas, you think about Chris Morahan next. Yeah. So I remember I met you guys. I meant I sent over a bottle for free, like, hey, take this on me, like enjoy yourselves. Because again, that's customer service. I knew right away that's going to get you guys on the hook, whether you knew that or not, right? And then we just end up clicking, and I'm friends with a bunch of you guys. So it worked out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. That's exactly how it went down, too. And, and you're right about, like, the New York thing, because that was one of the reasons why, like, we resonated with you, too. We're like, oh, shit, you're from New York. What made you, like, actually move out here, though? What was the, the reasoning behind it? So in New York, um, in Long Island, and hey, ladies, in the wind, this is cool. Shout out. Yeah, uh, they could hear us from the outside, Oh, too. great. In New York, I grew up um, and I was pretty much bred into the hospitality business. Mm -hmm. I had done everything from being a busboy, a waiter, a bar back, all that kind of stuff. You ever deliver pizza? I deliver pizza for multiple restaurants. My friends Same. own pizza. Shout out to Gino's Pizza in Long Island. Just won best pizza in Suffolk County. My boy, Paulie <laughs> and Marco. Um, so a huge pizza guy, obviously, in Long yeah. Island, right? So done all those kind of jobs. I was a bartender for a company. Uh, it was called Miller's Ale House, huge on the, West, on the East Coast, right? And they just moved out here in, into Vegas. They were looking for people to like train bartenders and all that. So I kind of said, okay, I'll, I'll move to Vegas for a little bit, train, see how it is. Well, I liked it and I stayed. Mm. I came out here. Um, I didn't have any kids at the time or anything. I wasn't married. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time, but you know, things didn't work out there. But I came out here and I stayed. And after about two years of bartending, uh, my friends who all ran nightclubs are like, hey man, what are you doing? You know, you, you're, you're bartending at some restaurant when you could be helped running nightclubs and making all this money. So I got hooked up at a couple places. I started my first job um, in the nightlife business or the, or the day club business with that bear pool at the Mirage, which is a topless pool, still open. And it was, uh, was eye-opening, not because it was topless, but because <laughs> I saw how much money could be made in such little work. And I felt like, man, everybody from New York has that it factor, right? When it comes to sales, yeah. it's essentially a sales job. You're just selling. Well, it's, a, it's a hustle city. New it's York, a, it, exactly. You so, have to. So it's, it's what you do, how you speak. You, you, we speak to our friends this way, even right. how we're speaking now. Yeah. People from out here go, what? Like, how are they doing that? It's just how, it's our vernacular. So sales came very easy to me. I started running, you know, being a, a table service guy, a host, and I kind of worked my way up the ranks. Um, and and I, I just loved it. And I was enamored in it. And all my friends did it, which made it very easy. You know, my, one of my best friends from home, um, he was out here. I knew him for years. It kind of made the transition easy where he led me in the right direction. He introduced me to a lot of people. Um, I worked for a, a guy named Angelo, who's a dear friend of mine. He's in, he now moved to South Florida, but Angelo really showed me the way and kind of brought me up and showed me that, you know, you could have these jobs in nightclubs and you don't have to party. I, I, I very rarely got super drunk or done all these drugs and stuff. That wasn't me. I was there to make money. And as long as you can keep that your focus, Vegas is a fantastic place. And mm. what happens is a lot of people just kind of get lost in that. Um, so that's one of, my, one of that's the it. things that I had asked you when you first moved out here. I was like, yo, were you like partying and stuff? And you were like, yeah, man, the first like couple months. But then after that, it's like you even told me like, yo, bro, do you go out every weekend when you're back home? And I'm like, nah. And you're like, yeah, it's the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, look, I have my daughter with us right now today. Right. Like you can do things. You can go to the casinos. You can go to the nightclubs. And as long as you do it in moderation, you're good. Um, I found a lot of success early with putting my nose down and grinding. Mm. A funny story, when I first moved out here, I didn't realize that everywhere you go, you can gamble. And I loved gambling, right? Back home, I was betting sports. I was going to Atlantic City, Foxwoods, just like every yeah. other New York guy before they had anything in New York. And I remember I went to 7-Eleven for the first time. 
and 7-Eleven had slot machines. It's like, <laughs> what is this? This is awesome, you know? Before you know it, I'm in four grand in a 7-Eleven <laughs> slot machine. And I lost everything. I think, that, I, think I had 6,000 in my bank account. I think I lost 4,000 at 7-Eleven. So that, that was that's a Mount Rushmore degenerate story. If I've ever heard. I got way more than that. But that, <laughs> but that was the that, you know, that moment right there woke me up to like, OK, you can't do this every day. Yeah. And this is why the city is so nice. The wind's got beautiful carpets and it's not because they're losing money. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you, you kind of get into that mind mind frame. And then you try to use it to your advantage. Bro, I paid $16 for a water bottle. I saw that. I was like, I only wanted one. They're like, yeah. Well, here's like, the hidden trick. You got to ask for the, the hotel waters. These ones go. are always free. Thanks. Shout out to the wind on that one. But um, yeah, that's my story. I honestly just came out here as a bartender. I'd had no expectations. I thought I was going to be out here maybe a year. I was 25 years old, no kids or anything, no career. And then before you know it, I'm running nightclubs. Um, you know, the last place I ran was I, I did, you know, One Oak uh, nightclub, which is now closed. I was a director at Light Nightclub, Daylight. Um, I ran the host team over at Jewel Nightclub. Uh, I started running the host team at Wet Republic before COVID. Um, so I had been, I, I, I don't want to say I, I hit the top of the, you know, this business because that's kind of, that's too cocky and that's not true. But as far as my job position, you can't really get that much higher than running Wet Republic, right? right? Maybe Encore, it'd be pretty much it. And I was surrounded by a group, great group of guys that helped me along and, and, Attaching yourself to people that are like-minded in this industry is great because there's, there's two very distinct people that kind of run nightclubs in Vegas. There's people that are there for the money and they have families and houses and nice cars and all this stuff. And then there's the people that chase the girls and want to party. And that's fine too. But I was definitely the first one. Word. And that, 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 I can't tell you how much that helped me in my advantage of kind of moving my way up. Yeah, that makes sense too because that's more of an actual career. Right. And it's more sustainable, I feel like, if you're on that path as opposed to the other one. I mean, people would ask me all the time, how do you do it? You're in the nightclubs every night. I said, yeah, well, you know, I get up at about 11 a.m. I do some work meetings. I make some phone calls. I see who's in town. I'm usually waking up to about 10 or 11 text messages. Hey, I'm here. Guys like you would come in. I, you know, I've got thousands of guys like you that I've met over the years that would come in and, and hit me up for things. So I'd get back to them before you know it. Now I got dinner. I'm going to meet this guy for dinner. I'm going to stop by this lounge and have a drink with this bartender who, who has a group in town. Then I'm going to go to this nightclub. Then I'm going to stop by this strip club because the, the door guy over there knows me and I have a group. Maybe I'm going to tip him. It's just constant, right? But then you go to sleep and that's it. Right. You know, you can do that whole thing. And if you can get through that without drinking and partying, it's the best sales job in the world. And it's really no different than any other sales job. I mean, I did insurance for a while. It's no different. You know, I heard a long time ago from one of my mentors that the best salespeople that he knew were strippers. And at mm. first I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense. They're the ones that can get you to spend the most money. Now, obviously, they have a little advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> right? A little advantage. But they also know what they're doing. And their goal is to get money out of you. And my goal here, on top of making sure you have a good time, is for you to spend the most money possible. Yeah. So that's a language I, I know how to speak. Yeah, but also, like, yeah, you, you get people to spend their money. But also, you want them, like, long term. Mm-hmm. A guy like me or guys like me that when they come back to Vegas, I'm hitting up Chris. Right. And, and the, the trick is, I, I don't want to call it a trick, but the secret is to get you to spend the most money on your terms, right? Mm. It's not me pushing you to say, hey, Nick, you got to do a $10,000 table here. You got to do it. You got to do it. I never do that. Mm. I say, here's the deal. You can spend $1,000, $5,000, or $10,000. Your fun will depend on how much you spend. Right. Get with your friends and decide. What, what do people usually do when they get three choices? They pick the middle. Mm. right 
So that's kind of like your. That's not true, right? Bro, yeah. Oh, I, we don't want to do that, but we don't want to be there. We'll be here. Yeah. Okay, great. If I lived off of all the customers that I had, spending the middle option, retired make, again. A, make a make a couple hundred grand a year, no problem, and have fun. So that was kind of my my shtick out here, and, and and how I made it. When COVID hit, I remember. I mean, you said it too. You started working with Web Republic, but what? How was that transition with COVID? Because that had to be brutal for you, It right? was um, brutal for more reasons than one. So. And yo, real quick, man, I respect the hell out of people like you that dip from their hometown. I talk about this all the time. Like, I read one time when, a couple of years ago when I first was like, yo, I, I've been out to Vegas now. This is my 10th time in Vegas. The last four times, I actually saw outside the strip, right? right. Like, I went to Henderson. I went to your restaurant. Right. Like, I've seen places where, all right, it's not, you know, I, I'm not staying at the wind right. no. every day, every night, you know? No. So, it was like 75% uh, of people never leave their hometown. Like, move. It's, it's really hard. For, and you went cross-country, too. It's really hard because the culture is so different. Mm. The politics are different. Just the over everything is different. Like, I look back at... You know, I, people say you don't even have your accent anymore. Well, I had to change it because people make fun of it. I could still talk like this and be New York, right? But you, you learn to adjust. And I, and I feel bad for people that never leave. Even, and I never went away to college. So I, I kind of, I said that if I, maybe if I went away to college, I'd have a different perspective. But I remember being so jealous of my friends that all went away to school because they got to live this whole life, right? But in the, when you're looking big picture, that's only a couple years, that's really, right. and you're and you're in your university. You're yeah, probably yeah. not really even. You're, doing you're much. sort of in a bubble. Yeah, right. So you're you're away, but you're not away because then you're coming home all the time. When I talked to my friends that had made the move, I realized that these guys are so much just more cultured than I am. What am I going to do? Go to the same little bars my whole life and not explore and the same women that I've been around my whole life? Like you're telling me that I, I can't meet my future wife in another state, mm -hmm. you know? And I that always interests me. It always interests me to travel. I hadn't traveled that much. So I think uprooting your life, but I also had kind of like, um, I had that in me where I was just done with home. New York was getting so expensive and it just became impossible. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall, like when I, I can't buy a house in New York, I'm 25, I've got $10,000, which is a lot of money at the time. That's not even close to what I need. You can't even get a closing. You can't even, yeah, right, I can't even pay, I can't even pay for anything. I, right. That's, that's my subway bill for the next six months. Like I, I couldn't see a path. And I figured that if I moved somewhere else and I, I heard about out west that if I can find a path to buy a house, I always wanted to buy a house, right? I always wanted to have kids and all that stuff. And I, I didn't see a path there in New York and in Vegas I did. So that was the reason. So it wasn't so much that I had these huge balls or whatever. People always say, man, you had such huge balls just picking up and moving. It's like, no, I kind of just made an educated choice on what I think would be better for my life. Mm. And I think it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I see my friends at home and a lot of them, my boys at home, I love you guys. You're all doing great. I'm so happy you all have family and kids. But they all look at me like, man, I wish I would have been able to yeah. do something like that. So I never wanted, I've had a lot of regrets in my life and not being able to travel and not being able to relocate would have been one of them. So I'm happy I kind of like fulfilled that. Yeah, one, one response that I get from people that drives me up a wall is when I haven't seen someone in five, six years. I'm like, yo, what's good, Chris? Like, how you been? And then they just go, ah, you know, same old shit. It's like, really, man? Right, you, right. I, I just went, I went to a bar recently. We were watching a UFC event. It's like local bar in, in my town in Astoria. And I saw this girl who, like, we were, like, the best, best athletes at our school when we were growing up together right. in high school. And I hadn't seen her since, like, graduation, bro, in t 2009. 
I was like, yo, how you doing? And right, like, been 15, 13 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same old. It's like, same old. Uh, I would hope not <laughs> from being in high school, same old. Like, yeah. You know, I, I'm seeing a lot of that right now where I'm getting a lot of these Facebook messages. I'm coming up my 20 year uh, high school reunion, which is crazy to think about, but coming up 20 years. And I'm reading these Facebook messages and the same people doing the same thing in the same place. And listen, people love that. And right. people are okay with that. Yeah. I could never. It's do not that. a bad thing, but. No, it's not. And also, I don't think you know until you know. It's one of those things. You don't know any better and you can't, it's hard to describe. Listen, there's people that would look at me like, you're crazy for not trying to live in Europe. You should live out there. It's the same kind of concept, right? right? Um, but I always found that moving and, and adjusting and adapting rather than settling, you know, you're, we're not meant to do that. You're not meant to just stay home and live at your parents' house until you're 30 and then go get a small shitty apartment. Yeah. Like, there's a whole country out there where you can go get a good job and go buy a house. What would you rather do? You know, and I looked at it like, I got to do that. And, yeah. and that's why I'm obsessed, man. I tell people, I, I try to push as many of my friends out here as I can. My family, too. You know, my grandparents are older, so I understand why my parents want to stay back in New York. And, you know, they could handle that until, you know, my, pa my grandparents pass in, you know, 10 years or whatever. Because um, they're much older now. But after that, it's like, mom and dad, why are you going to stay in there? What, what's holding you in New York? The weather sucks. Bro, you know? it's 25 degrees you when get, we you, left JFK. You get taxed out of your ass. Yeah. You, you, you can't afford nothing. There's no disposable income. Like, come out here and live good. So things like, you know, things like that are the reason why I, I, I'm real confident of, of telling people, especially like guys like you, like, hey, get out here, dude. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So when, when COVID hits, was, uh, was the Wet Republic thing, like, a big deal for you to get? And then COVID, like, follows up? That, yeah. had, to be, that had to be rough, right? I mean, I had worked about 10, 9 or 10 years my, my girl's cold over there. You're okay. Lay down. <laughs> uh, my, um, you know, I had worked about nine to 10 years in the clubs, worked my way up. Wet Republic was the pinnacle of my company of where I was trying to be. Um, my bosses trusted me. I had put in the work to get there. I have a picture. It's funny. I sent it to my boys today because today was the opening day of Wet Republic in 2020. March 6th is today. Yeah. It was the opening day of Wet Republic 2020. And there's a picture like a ribbon cutting and we're all holding scissors. I have the picture. It's hilarious. And I sent it to them. We were open for one weekend. Yeah, And I had, at, at that time, you'd been to my restaurant now. It's called The Standard. I, I was working on The Standard. I knew I was going to make a lot of money over Wet Republic. So I had two things going on. I felt really good. All of a sudden, COVID hit. Club shut down. Construction gets shut down for the club, for the bar. I have nothing, right? And they kept me on for a while. They kept me on for three months at Wet Republic. Eventually, they can't pay your salary anymore if you're not operating, which I understood. Um, but then I had to make a decision. I had to say, okay, I'm either going to go back to the clubs or I need to save my business, go all in, which I did. So it was devastating because it is also a little piece of like, what if? Like Word. I had this huge summer lined up. Wet Republic just got renovated. They went had a couple million dollar renovation. I got tons of customers that are excited to come out and see me at like a new spot, the, one of the best spots in the, in the world to party at. And then boom, ripped right under the, the rug, taken out from under me, have no job. And out of your control too, which sucks. Out of my control, which, know, which is the worst feeling because as a father too and a provider for my family, you feel, you feel like a loser, but it's not yeah, my fault. Right. You, know, I, you feel helpless. I Helpless, you right? Yeah, absolutely. So then it goes into scramble mode. Call the mortgage company. Call the car company. Call American Express. Hey, guys, I, can't, I, you know, I had a little bit of cash, but I didn't want to blow it all, and it was a lot of uncertainty. Hey, guys, I'm not going to pay my mortgage. I'm not going to pay my car. I'm not going to pay my bills right for this month. Okay, well, that turned into three months. That turned into six months. And then the bar that I have, you know, a million dollars invested in, that's also kind of going on, not work. No one's working. So scary. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Times, really scary times. It was very similar to me where my dad and I, so like I had a weird like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, bro, until like I was 27. And it was always like, <laughs> I, always, okay. I always wanted to do the podcast, right? But I, I always felt like a loser when, when people would ask me like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'll figure it out, right? Like to me, I, it was an insecurity of mine. I always wanted to do the podcast. And once I started like making a little bit of money on the podcast, the, that was my main goal, right? But to like survive, I was working the coffee truck in the city with my pops. Which I think is unreal because where I worked in Midtown West for years. I worked in Lower West Side, Lower East Side. I worked out all over the city, Upper East Side. And I would hit those spots all the time. And I used to think, like, these guys got their own trucks and slinging it. And it's a grind, man. Yeah, yo, you're self-employed. <laughs> right. You don't, It's the ultimate, you don't work, you don't eat. And I feel like at those things, tell me if I'm wrong, but you, it's, it's regulars, right? You get like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you find the coffee truck, breakfast truck, food truck that you like. That's where you're going. And it gets to a point where when I see Chris pulling up, oh, it's 8.15. Right. He's Large going. black coffee, bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> you just give me the signal. Right. And it's a weird thing. I've noticed that with breakfast and like coffee, you're never going to change your coffee. If you're a light and sweet guy, you're always going to be light and sweet. Forever. But you're not going to eat a grilled chicken salad every day for lunch. Right. But you'll have your omelet. Or your bacon egg. It's the weirdest thing. It's bro. like bartending, man. You just know what they you know what the people drink. They drink the same thing forever. They eat the yeah. same thing forever. I always admire them. Go ahead. So with me, I had made this like huge investment of like thirty five thousand dollars, and to get a food truck, cash money, to get a food truck, right? And then COVID hits, so we lose the food truck. I lose my the the money that I put in. Yeah. And the craziest thing about it is like life works in such like crazy ways because. When we finally cut the losses on the food truck, that's when I started working with Blue Wire the way I work now. Right. And it was always going to be like my main plan, but it's just like the roller coaster of how shit goes down sometimes. You just never, you're, you're never prepared for it. I don't, I don't like to say this, you know, you know, uh, things happen for a reason. I, that's kind of, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a little much, yeah. you know, it's a little notebook movie ish. But I do believe that people are resilient. Yeah. And, and you figure it out, right? The, the best, 
and the, the, the happiest times in my life and the, the times where I've been proud of myself the most is when I've had nothing. And whether, you know, when you have a lot of money and things are going great, life is easy and you, and you don't appreciate much yeah. because you kind of go through the motions and it becomes a thing where um, life is great and there's no struggle. And when things get really hard and you have no choice, that's when you make your best decisions because it's what you're thinking about. It's, it's very clear to you. Okay, I can't do this. I got to do this, right? It's a very problem solving. It's not a complaining. When I lost my job, and I'm sure when you lost your truck, it's not, you know, boo-hoo because that doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, you, you know? can only sulk for so long. Yeah, exactly, right? right? And then it becomes like the, the fight or flight. And what are you going to do? You're going to fight. Yeah. You know, I, got, I have kids. I got my daughter here. I have another, I have a seven-month-old too. I think about them with everything I do. If, if something doesn't work out, okay, cool, great, move on to the next. I don't have great ideas all the time. I don't make great investments all the time. Nobody does. Right. But how do you react to that? Mm. And, and who are you surrounding yourself with? Because if you're around negative people, I was around great people, people that helped me. Hey, I have, I have questions about this. I have business questions. I have life questions. These guys are all people that I can rely on all the time to help me out. If you try to do things on your own, it's a very lonely world. Yeah. And you can find yourself sulking down. I know you've talked about mental health issues and depression. I've dealt with that. I'm sure most people have on some level. There's always someone out there that's willing to help you if you reach out. And I think that when, you know, when your back gets against the wall and all of a sudden blue wire comes up, it's like, here we go. I, I got to do right. this. It has to work. There's yeah. no choice, right? And then look what happens. Right. We're in the wind next to Louis Vuitton over here. <laughs> Dude, when, uh, what's crazy about like the whole Vegas thing is when COVID hits, that's also when the Raiders build their stadium. Yeah. What's it been like having a, a professional team in here? Because, yo, for the longest time, the NFL, like, I love the NFL. It's, it's my favorite sport to consume. I agree. It's, you know, the once a week, it makes all the games important, and everyone understands, right? Again, talk about cliches. Like, we're saying the same stuff everyone has said. But the NFL was always so hypocritical. Every year. Yeah. They, they hated betting. They yep. hated the gambling scene. But yep. that was the only reason why they you watched. They hated weed. Now, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> right, right. And they hated the gambling, but that was the only reason why you watched Jaguars Titans on Thursday night football when both teams are four and eleven. Who cares about the London game? Right. You know, at six AM on the East Coast or whatever time it is, unless you got the under. Right. Who care? Right. By the way, take the under every time they play in London. Yeah, that's it never it's, it, a, it's a crazy trend. It, it's yeah, a, sure. it's like it's like twelve and four. It's like insane. But I agree. So then they bring a team here to Vegas, which is the betting capital of the world, and then the whole like the whole dynamic has changed because now there's not a talk show that doesn't have the lines listed. Where in the past it used yeah. to be like the Jimmy the Greek shit, right? Like, like or the or Shishwami. Right. <laughs> oh, this team is. If you know that the line is seven, Chris would say, "Ah, I think they're gonna win by two touchdowns." And then you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, Chris yeah, there is he is. It. Yeah. Uh, so what's it been like having a pro team in Vegas? So I am also real quick. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be the last one. I would. Oh, definitely. No not. way. Right. I already have. Yeah, we know tons of stuff about that already. Kind of, we can talk off air, but um. I have, I'm a Raider season ticket holder. Uh, between me and my business partner, we have eight seats. I'm all in on the Raiders being in Vegas. It's, it was the hottest ticket in town this season. COVID screwed that first season, which yeah. kind of screwed me money that way. I paid 40000 for PSLs, and I don't have like great seats or anything. A second level, but it's like legit prices. You it's, offered me your tickets last time I was here too. To go to the game? Yeah. And you didn't take me up on it? I didn't, know. <laughs> I hand them out sometimes. I can't go to all the games. Um, I love it. It's It's... Have you ever been to a Golden Knights game? No. We so, wanted to go tonight. So the Golden Knights games, and I've been to ever I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to uh, NHL finals. I've been to World Series games with the Yankees, obviously, big Yankee fan. I've been to NBA finals. I've been to every sports final, I think. I've never been to like tennis or masters or anything, but all the big sports, I've been to their finals. There is nothing better than a Vegas Golden Knights hockey game. 
It is the most entertaining and fun place. I, I used to go to um, Islander games. And oh, I used, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're comparing them. No, a, no, a no, regular... no. I was going to say, the, I was gonna say, oh, the regular season? N not now. Well, you also called them when they went to the finals. That's, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, that was great, right? The, the Vegas We flu. ran into Ovechkin, which was a nightmare. Um, but, but yo, the Vegas flu, like they, the first, I think 40 games, the, they had the best season ever for a home team. So let me tell you some stories there. Yes. We would I wanted be, to ask. So we that. would be working a nightclub on like a Wednesday or Thursday in, in the winter time, kind of a slow time of year. Right. But a lot of locals, a lot of local girls come out, birthdays, whatever. And there, I can't tell you how many teams we would see the night before a game and I'd be walking through, let's say, the win, right? I leave Excess or I leave the old Surrender um, you know, Encore Beach Club at night or Intrigue that used to be open. And I would be walking through and you'd see the starting goalie, the starting, the best defenseman and their center on the craps table with three hookers. And you're like, there's no shot they're ready for tomorrow. <laughs> this is no way. There's no, it's impossible, right? The Vegas guys have such an advantage here. The hockey players party the most. You don't see that much NFL guys partying when they're out here, mostly because I think they just have so much, there's so many more eyes on them now, mm. especially with the Alvin Kamara thing going down, yeah. things like that. There's just so many eyes on them. But the, the NHL guys, free range. They're out partying every single night. The other night, uh, who was out here? It was either the Blackhawks or the, or the Predators or somebody was out here. They were out here, they were out all night the night before and the night of. So they play the game, go get dressed, and they want to go out. I mean, it's Vegas for them too. Right. A lot of these guys have never been to Vegas. They're young dudes. Uh, the veterans know better, but these young guys are out all the time. So the Vegas flu is a very real thing. And we'd get, get texts at 6 in the morning, hey, I'm sitting next to, and I'm just making up a name, but I'm, just, I'm sitting next to Crosby right now, and we're at Rhino, and it's 7 a.m. There's no way he's scoring tomorrow, yeah, right? <laughs> Take I'm the under. <laughs> bro, I've told this story so many times. I'll never forget. We go to a bachelor party in South Beach, and it was when the Nets still had, like, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, wow. Yo, so that night when we get there, uh, the game was on a Friday or a Saturday. I'm pretty sure it was on a Saturday. And I have a friend of mine who she's like a director manager at 11. Oh, nice. And she's like, yo, the Nets were here until 8 in the morning. Yeah. They were three-point favorites. And now the Heat, they had like Dion Waiters, you know, a young Bam. It was kind of like yeah, they were middle-of-the-road guys. Like 10 games below 500. Yeah. And, yo, they're three-point underdogs. So I told all the guys on the basketball, I was like, yo. Let's bet the heat. They're like, nah, man, they suck their off. I was like, dude, we have Intel that Sports Center don't know. Yes. The Miami flu, the Vegas flu. Yes. Yo, they were up 30 at halftime. Yeah. And and the, the and the Nets just give up, right? They just kind of pack it in. So the sports books out here definitely adjusted to the Knights. If you look at the Knights home games, super inflated, even till this day. There's times where I look at the line, it's like minus three eighty. For a hockey game. And I'm like, well, you're talking about three and a half or four to one on a hockey game, right? Which essentially most teams live around five hundred. Yeah, there's even the best teams are not that hot. They're not, it's not like basketball where you have like these crazy disparities. So the, the the Knights games are I never bet the Knights anymore because of that. But back then, that opening season, at home minus one and a half, minus one and a half, minus one and a half for plus one eighty, plus two forty, puck line, and just yeah. puck line, puck line. And I'm not a big fan of puck lines. I think it's the biggest scam bet in sports. Same thing with run line in baseball. But I would be firing every game. And it was like 15 out of 16 games. And it was all plus one and a half and up. And it was just, and the teams weren't even close. They were the nights were faster. The the crowd was in it. People would just give up. And you could almost see like they're just kind of talking on the bench, like, uh, I can't wait to go out after this yeah. or whatever. Or we're feeling like shit. So that was a real thing. Yo, that was I a remember. Real thing. So like I um I'm a big futures guy. So like I would bet 
And I have a lot of friends that I defer to when it comes to like hockey because I, I love the Rangers. I go to a lot of games. Yeah. But I can't tell you like the, the third defenseman on the Senators. Of course you know not. What I mean? So, but with hockey, I remember when I used to do the show with all the guys, uh, we would have this segment called Spitball. And Spitball used to be like sort of around the horn. Everyone would drop like one or two bars. Little and, like, nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> things going on. And one time it was like the middle of January and my audience went crazy because I mentioned hockey. I was like, yo, I don't know if you guys are following this, but as a better, I was like, the Knights are like 18 and one at home. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yo, it's the Vegas flu. So the to French. hear you talk about yep. that is the most fulfilling thing. I've yep. Heard. I mean, it's Vegas, man. You never know who you're going to walk around and see. I had I have guys in town right now from Long Island. I think they just left this past, uh, yesterday or maybe today they're still here. Um, but they're taking pictures and they're with uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Messier. Mm. They were at Aria with him. And that, that happens all the time out here. And sometimes you're like, hey, wait a second. Aren't you playing later on? And that's the deal. Is, guys, it, is it like that for football players too? Not or, or as like much. You said, well, you not said as that. much. When it comes, like I have a lot of NFL guys that hit me up um, that come and see me every year. I've had the same like consistent four or five guys every year. Uh, my favorite one is Akeem Hicks. That's my dog. Akeem, I know you're going to be listening, but Akeem Hicks on the Bears. When it comes to those guys, when it comes to, you know, in the football season, they're in the zone. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Pat McAfee was one that I took care of a bunch of times. That's my boy. I can't believe he's crushing on his, by the way. Um, but, you know, Pat, Pat's boys would hit me up like, hey, we're coming through. So I took care of him a couple times. But during the season, never. They're very hardcore because it's so demanding, right? So much film, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. studying, so much body recovery. That's the thing that Will was telling me about when I had Will on the show. Will Blackman, we, we did. Yeah, that's the, great, by the way. He, I, that's a guy that I've always like loved as a player, so it was cool. Yeah, nah, he's, he's awesome, man. And like having the, the back and forth dynamic of like the pro athlete and then me coming up with these crazy like, <laughs> yo, you know, you guys are playing on Thursday, man. You're <laughs> catching seven. What do you think? And how it plays like in the locker room. So it's been a cool dynamic with that. Yeah. But one thing that he was telling me, me about was yo the difference between a guy that because everyone is talented right of course but the difference is like the film study yeah he's like that's how you end up playing for 10 years yeah and the, and the body recovery how you take care of yourself right. a good story here is um i took care of gronk when gronk was like gronk gronk this is probably like seven years ago um he came out with his brothers and he used to do events every year he would do it at the hard rock he would do like a weekend thing but every once in a while he would kind of like get off the beaten path and do what gronk wants to do you can't really control him right so I would be in touch with his brother, Chris, and Gronk came out and we partied with him. And he literally, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I'm standing on a couch like above him. And now he's six, seven or whatever. He's a monster guy. Looks like a power forward. And uh, he's got two bottles of Grey Goose. And he had something to do the next day. It was like film or like some kind of thing we had to fly out. So I thought they were going to take it easy. They had like a 5,000 minimum spend. Not too crazy for someone like Gronk, right? No champagne, all vodka, $5,000 worth of vodka, which is a lot for anybody. I've never even seen that. By the way, I hate vodka. Right. <laughs> Gronk turns around and I, I said to him, I'll never forget. I whispered in his ear like, yo, don't forget. You've got like an early wake up. It was like the worst thing I ever said. I set myself up. He turns around and looks at me like he wanted to kill me, grabs a bottle of Magnum of Grey Goose, puts it like pretty much at my mouth and goes, it almost took my tooth out. And he goes, drink this. And I'm like, oh man, come on. He goes, you're going to drink this right now. And then I, I'm like, my, my life flashed before my eyes. And I thought, I'm partying with Gronk right now. Like, I got to do this. There's no way I can't say no or no way I can say no. I just start chugging this vodka, right? He puts down, I swear to you, I'll, I will take this to the grave. I watched the man chug a magnum of vodka, Grey Goose, in less than 10 minutes by himself. A bunch of sips, but just took it down. I blacked out that night, got home, whatever. I remember seeing him in the morning at like ESPN studios in Connecticut doing this interview. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this guy doing it, right? 
their bodies are wired different. Yeah. Certain guys. He takes such good care of himself 99% of the time that that 1% that he wants to go do whatever isn't going to shatter. Isn't going to yeah. shatter. He's a superhuman dude. Will 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 probably tell you the same thing. These guys are they're, they're built different. Their bones, their blood, everything as long as they're healthy are built different. And I got to see it firsthand on that. So when these guys are doing their their crazy partying and what separates like the the, the guys that party hard from the other guys is how how do you take care of yourself the rest of the time? And I've seen, you know, guys like Akeem Hicks take care of himself all year round. And that's why he's been in the league for, I don't know, you know, 12, 11 years, 12 yeah. years, whatever it is. It's impressive. What's good with this belt, bro? Man, because so, I, I feel like you're super petty with this in a good way because I'm the same way. Yes. I won back-to-back, yes. and I send my boys the, the strap all the time, yep. let them know who the king is. So this is the Las Vegas Premier League, which is um, – I'd like to call it the biggest fantasy football league in what's, Las Vegas. What's we, the, I, I, I won't discuss okay. that. You, can you tell me off the air? Yeah, I'll tell you off the All air. Right, cool, cool. Um, but this is a league that it's a lot of it's a lot for pride. Obviously, uh, you can see my name. Uh, let's see right here on the side. It's on the bottom there. Chris Morahan, right? Two thousand twenty-one. There you go. And this was a league that I joined a couple years ago. When I joined it, it was a ten-team standard league. Trash. I'm like, guys, we got to update the times. You got to go to 12 teams. You got to go dynasty leagues, auction, right? So it's become that. And I have now asserted myself as a powerhouse. Last year, I made it to the finals. Uh, and this is a funny story. So I made it to the finals back-to-back -back years. And last year, the guy that I was with offered me um, a split um, of the money. He Are said, you a splitter? I generally am a splitter with the money. I think that that's good. Well, it's also a COVID year, so everyone's kind of like hurting okay. a little bit. And Fair it was, enough. So we, we did a split, right? So he offered the split, and then he won. So it worked out for me. Right. Right. And then this year, I go to the – so I called myself a co-champion last year. They didn't like that very much. I said, guys, I know my name's not on the belt, but I did get the prize money, so I kind of am a co-champ, right? Real petty with that. And then this year, I made it to the finals again, Jonathan Taylor, my guy. And I offered the other guy I was playing a split, and he denied it. And then I won. So it worked out for mm. me again. So that's why I'm super petty about it. I'm going to wear this with pride for a year. It sits on my, right under my TV at home. Every once in a while, I send the guys a picture, maybe trying it on or once something. Once a week. Once yeah, a yeah. Week, once a week it. is good enough. But it's, it's a great league. I think fantasy football is a great way to keep in contact with your friends. It gives you kind of something to talk about, too. Yeah. A lot of us, as, as you get older and you have kind of less of a, a social life. Yeah, and this just like real it. life gets in the way. Right, too. right, of right, course. Yeah. But like for me, I take fantasy football very seriously. I do. I spend a lot of time on it. My girlfriend's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, babe, I'm looking at free agents. The waiver wire hits it on Thursday. I, I got to see. I got to pick up. I got to see who the backup is. Yeah, everyone can relate to this. Yeah, too. right. Everyone, everyone can. But it, I think it's cool, and it's something that guys can do. It's kind of like the Manny Petty for guys, if you don't get Manny Petty's. It's like it's your thing, and that's yeah. my thing. So I'm very proud of it, and uh, thank you, guys. And I, I just want to let you know I do bring this everywhere I go, even the win. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I had uh, the guy that's probably going to be the best man at my wedding. We went to the finals one year, and I'm not a splitter at all. Like, I don't hedge my bets. <laughs> yeah. like, I know I told the story on the last pod. I, I hedged out uh, Jorge. We'll, we'll, we'll start winding down a little bit. No, you're fine. But uh, Jorge Mazadol, I had like, bro, I hit all my parlays yesterday. It was crazy. And they all, had, they all had Colby at the end. So I was telling this on the last show, how I called my mom, and I was like, hey. And you could get plus money, plus money right? Yeah. So I was like, hey, Ma, uh, don't get scared. Uh, I need you to, you know, hedge and bet Mazadol. And she, like, <laughs> lost her mind, right? But so my boy – who I go to the finals with. And like my league, it's a $300 league. We wanted to get, the main goal was to get to $1,000 buy-in. Yeah. But then one of my boys is like, yo, bro, I deliver pizza, son. Me dropping like. Right. So we stopped, it at, we stopped it at 300, but. It, it means the same, by the way. It right, doesn't matter how right, much it is. It doesn't, in. yeah. It means the same. Have the, yeah, the bragging rights and all that. Yeah. So the guy that's probably going to be the best man at my wedding, 
was like we got to the finals and dude that one year <clears throat> i had i was like 12 and one on fire. most points for i'm not a projections guy because i have one friend who's like we call him a slave to the projection he just looks at the exact numbers he's yeah, like oh yeah i'm projected like nah bro like this guy has a better matchup play him. right so we go to the finals and my boy hits me up and he's like hey man would you be down to split i look at the teams i'm projected to beat them by 55 like not even close not even close and i go dude this is a dick move no chance of splitting. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm 12 and one. I went, I'm by far the better team, and and I, and I ended up winning by like 60. You whopped, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it worked out. I, I'm, I just for me, I've been in fantasy football for 12 years, or no, more than that, probably 15 years. I'm so, I think it's, it's so much fun, right? It gives you a reason to watch. I wish there was something else I could do. I can't. I did fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball. It's just not the same. I don't know why for me. Um, and then there's no daily fantasy out here. That's the yeah. one crazy thing about Vegas. I would love to do daily. I see yours all the time. Hey, bet you know 10 bucks and just. Put a team in and maybe win two grand or something. That'd be it's cool. So, it's so it's such a different world too, like the daily. Because a lot of times, like the example that I give is Jonathan Taylor, right? He was was he your first round pick? Uh, I traded for him and stuff, but right. over, yeah. But let's say next year Jonathan Taylor is probably going to go one or right. top five. You're going to start him every week, no matter what. Of course. But when you do daily fantasy, there's merits to fading him because everyone's going to roster him at sixty percent ownership. If he does pull a hamstring or if he has one of those 14 for 38 yard yeah, games, which happens, that's great leverage, right? Or, um, you know, like the chalky play would be that. Or I, there I, would might be, I would imagine most of the people that like win don't have guys like him in the lineup. Oh, no, no. Right. It's very rare. Like a lot of times yeah. is when a guy's going to be popular, it doesn't make him a bad play. It's just leverage off that. And a lot of daily is it's all matchup based. That's cool. I never did it, man. I wish like I know about it. I know how to do it, but there was never an option out here. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Like, we have every other option to bet in everything. Well, they did it originally because FanDuel and DraftKings, when that first emerged, mm -hmm. it wasn't located here. So they wanted to keep the daily fantasy people <laughs> away from... You're in Vegas. I know. You, you know, it's crazy. This is, a thought, this is the place to have it. Yeah. It'd be the busiest here. Although I did see New York, now that the, the legal sports betting, forget it. I told my girl, I was like, expect New York to be the number one sports betting place forever. Yeah. How many people... Everyone has a bookie. It's, e it's out of control. Everyone. It's Your teachers, the cops, everyone's in on it. Everybody. The, the judges. Everyone's got bookies in New York. It's out of control. That first month, they said that it smashed like all revenue records like for any state ever yeah. in the first 30 days. Yeah, That's I believe crazy. it. Uh, I was I was in this, I was a part of this documentary where they were talking about like I I had to always drive into Jersey, bro. Like my, my buddy boss who's here, who you'll you'll meet in you a second. You do the Tony Soprano drive. Yo, we would go <laughs> into Vince Lombardi Drive. Yeah. Which is like the rest station right before MetLife. Yep. And the location settings, and we'd put our bets in, and then we'd loop back around. So you just so you get the Wi-Fi signal from there or whatever, and it's, well, it's, the it's, location it's, services look. it just tells you that, that you're you're no longer in oh New York. Yo, it used to be an adventure, bro, to like use Fanduel and all the apps. That's, at that point, it gets to be ridiculous. When you talk about state lines, and I understand every state's different. It but was close to a billion dollars a year. Yeah, right. That like, was New York is not getting that revenue exactly. Yeah, and they did that. They did that in thirty days, of course. So they're like, okay, where this works out. You know, the, the, the dirty little secret in Vegas was like, don't let everyone know how much money sports betting makes because we don't want everyone else getting it. Now everyone's getting it. And then the fear was always, well, if everyone else gets it, are we going to lose the March Madness business? Are we going to lose the Super Bowl business? Fuck no. Nah. There's so much business to go around. Dude, it's always going to be the place, right? This is like the Disney world of yeah. sports betting. You're and I forget sometimes. And, and I forget. People get so excited like, hey, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to Circa, which is a really cool spot to watch sports. You been there? No, we tried to go the other night. You need to go there. Yeah. It, it would blow your mind, right? The sports book over there. And I'll set you up at Barry's Steakhouse, by the way. 
But going over there, it's like the mecca of sports betting. This place is huge. It's it's better than like the Westgate, right? Which yeah. is considered the best sports book in town or Caesars. Um, but what you, the, the amounts of bets and the lights and this and that, it's like I forget that I live here. Mm. And when people are coming here so excited to do that, you take it back and you say, oh, wait a second. Yeah, that's right. This is a pretty cool fucking place. Because if I did that every day, I'd go broke. Yeah. If I went to the casino every day, no matter who you are, no matter how good you are, you'd be broke. So I try to avoid it as mm. much as I can. Unless I got to do stuff like this. That's why I bring her so I can't gamble. Yo, last thing as we start to wind down, man. Yeah, you're good. And, you're and good. You're I, I, loved, I love this conversation so much. Mostly the Vegas sleuthing being a real <laughs> thing. Because I've painted it and I've said it so many times. So to hear it from you, someone that was in the trenches, yeah. tremendous. Yep. Uh, it was around this time last year that I bet the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Put you on the spot right now if you had to. Who do, you, who do you think wins the Super Bowl? I know this is the way, way, way too early. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're only going to take credit for this if it hits. If it doesn't, yeah, we'll yeah. be like, yo, bro, it was in March. <laughs> we could edit this out. Yeah, like who cares? Well, I do like your pick last year um, besides the Rams. You were, you were always high on the Chargers. Yeah. And I think with re-signing Derwin James, which it looks like they're, well, they're going to extend him, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I, the last thing I saw. They've got everything you need. They've got defense. They've got an unreal quarterback. I think Justin Herbert is I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to say that. I think that he's got like some things to work out, but as far as like arm talent, he can run, he's tough. All those memes you saw of me and Herbert, yeah. we're running it back <laughs> yeah, yeah. next year I, too. I don't blame you. Like I would watch those and be like, he's so right. Yeah. Like watching him is so impressive. And also the best thing, which you, you might be getting to that right now, is they're not paying him anything. Exactly. So they have another two, three years. And he's hungry. Yeah. And he's got to put up big numbers. We're, we're, that's where I think a guy like Mahomes falls. Now, okay, if I had to name one team, I'm going to say the Chargers. I'm just high on the Chargers. I don't know why. There's really no reason. Yeah. There's probably five other teams I could name, and you can give me good reasons. I don't think Mac Jones is the real deal. I me don't know. Neither. I don't think he is. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but the team is kind of like, they, they have a weird, first of all, the defense is just not good. Yeah. And when your defense is not good, you have a problem. So It was very misleading this year because they were putting up, yeah, they were putting up good numbers defensively, but they were playing like Daniel Jones. And, exactly. And, and all these like wide Do quarterbacks. Dominating them, right? right. Just dominating these guys. So I'm going to say I, my dark horse is the Chargers um, to win the Super Bowl. Not, not my dark horse. Who I like, I, I want to see them. I'm going to bet them to win. I'm on board with that. Are they probably yeah. like around, I don't even know where they're at, maybe 25. 25, 30 yeah. is like consensus. Yeah. So I, I didn't even know that. I'm just taking a guess. But then if I had to go home run, I'm going to put money, and this is a, such a homer pick, but I like their odds. I'm going to put money in the Jets because I think they can make the playoffs. So I think that. It's the second year quarterback too, exactly. bro. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. I think that the Bills are low, are going to run away with the East. The Bills are a great team. That's fine. I thought I thought we saw last year with the Patriots, a little fluky. And I think the Dolphins losing Flores, which, by the way, was probably the worst firing in the history of the NFL, oh, yeah. and I firmly believe that. Um, I think the Jets have a weird outside shot, plus they have a pretty easy schedule to just at least sneak in. I think they can win six games definitely, but if they can get to like nine somehow, yeah. I think they can make a playoff run. So I'll take the odds at 200 to one right now or even more than that to get in there and then look to hedge the crap yeah, out of yeah. it. I like I like Baltimore. Uh, Lamar's on Lamar's ready. I think I think they're they're kind of sneaky because they're going to play a fourth place schedule. I was blown away when I realized that they they finished last in the division. Why don't they give him more weapons? Do you think that's because people don't want to go there? Free agents don't want to go there cuz he can throw. The whole no. thing is he can't throw. It, it's such a whack and wrong narrative. Right. You know, like, yeah, he's not Justin Herbert and Mahomes, but he's also not a scrub either. But let's be real. You're not you need in this league, you need a, a number a wide receiver one or someone comparable to that. You don't need necessarily an actual wide receiver one. Mark Andrews, you're, as your tight end as being your number one option, that's not gonna know, get it yeah. done. That's not gonna get it done in a league where they know you're gonna run the ball heavily. 
the defense is all 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. It's like the reason why Herbert and Allen and Mahomes are so great is because they have huge arms, like Lamar has a big arm, but they actually have threats. Right. I mean, you got some weapons out there. Brown, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. it's just not, it's not it. So, but I do love Lamar. I think he's the most underrated player I've seen in my generation. Uh, I think that him winning the MVP was exactly how they should be using him by telling him not to run is such a big mistake. It, it takes away what he's dope at. And Remember Michael Vick? Best. Yeah. My, I mean, Michael Vick, we watched him growing up. He destroyed the Jet, uh, the Giants every single year when he was yeah. with, the, with the Eagles because all he would do is run. And, and he dominated when he was with the Falcons because he could run. And Lamar has that talent, and they don't use it. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. The other team I, I've been just monitoring is I think, uh, I think Green Bay. If they, could, if they could bring back Rodgers and they're Adams. Not. You don't think so? No. You don't right. think they're bringing him back? I think Rodgers is gone. Wow. I think Rodgers had his, I, I mean, that whole Instagram post or whatever too. Felt like a goodbye. He's gone. I think that the odds are already adjusted for Denver. Yeah. Probably. I think that Denver is a pretty much a for sure thing. I think him and Elway have this like weird, like. Like a bromance? Yeah, kind of. Elway's like this. Elway's a weird guy. Very weird. Met him a bunch of times. Very strange dude. Our Rogers, very strange dude. By the way, Elway, known as this QB guru, not really. If you look at the quarterbacks, like he he took a flyer on Peyton Manning, who's the best. Oh yeah, real real yeah. tough. That's yeah, like right? saying Bruce Arians took a flyer taking Brady. You know, yeah, yeah Drew Locke. Like who made that call? Paxton Lynch. Paxton, yeah, Paxton Lynch. USFL. I got drafted too. If I mean, and horrible. So um, I think that they get him. I think that he, I would like to see him go to the Steelers. I think the Steelers have a better team. And I think that they have a better shot. They've got so many young weapons. Yeah. And having and, Najee and, Harris. And also, like, bro, I'd rather, I'd rather play Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore as yes. opposed to playing Herbert and the yes. Chiefs. Yes, and even the Raiders, right? Even the Raiders, yeah. The Raiders are tough every year. So I think that that would be a better spot for him. I would love to see him there. That also keeps up that tradition of, like, just slingers in Pittsburgh. You know, Big Ben had a great career just yeah. dropping back with a terrible line and slinging the ball. Yep. And I think that Rodgers would be the same way. Uh, but I don't see that happening. I think he's going to Denver. I think Adams is out. I think Green Bay is just... Although, if they get rid of Rodgers, they could just throw a ton of money at Adams. That's and then, true. And then how does he turn that down? Yeah. But he does have that connection with Derek Carr. There's rumors out here. Yeah. Fresno, best friends. Fresno State, right? Fresno State and best friends outside. Word. So there's grumblings. We have some assets. We can move. Whatever. That'd whatever we got to do. That'd be um, but I would be looking forward to that. And going back to one more thing, your, your, your kind of prediction about sports in Vegas... We will have an NBA team. We already have an NHL team, and we're working, obviously, on Oakland for baseball. I don't see why, if you were even Oakland, why you'd want to spend money on a new stadium. No one's going to go. Yeah. No one's going to go. You build a small stadium out here, maybe like 35,000 people. None of these, like, no more 45,000, 50,000 seat places. Nah, Just do it nah. small. You, sh you shouldn't. Yeah. Like, yo, it's not a bad I, thing. If like, you... the Mets place, when has that ever been full? Never. Never. Yeah. Even Yankee, brand new Yankee Stadium, I was there on the first day, probably since that opening weekend, never, like, full. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no point. Like I rather have, I rather have a stadium, 45,000 people for the NFL. I mean, NFL is a bad example, but like for a lot of soccer teams in the MLS, they go 20, 25,000. And it's amazing. And it looks packed. It's amazing. Right. Well, Seattle, how many Seattle puts up yeah, like 40,000 yeah, yeah, people, yeah. whatever. Well, even uh, Atlanta FC, they used to, the year before the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, or I think like a year or two after. They were having more fans yes. for the soccer games than for the Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, listen, soccer is going to be one of those things, too. We have soccer teams out here as well. Um, I think that just Vegas is a sports town. You have people yeah. from all over the place. It's a melting pot, a lot of East Coast. And I think that a lot of the guys, hey, don't knock that over, babe. Audrey, stop swinging. <laughs> I don't knock over that expensive camera. Um, but I think that Vegas is a sports town as a whole. 
we have exactly what you want and it's people that are hungry and people with money yeah and you have to I mean, there's no money in oakland it's sad it's not a great situation but no one has all this money to be putting down on season tickets yeah. move the baseball team to vegas you have guaranteed i mean no one thought hockey was going to work here i left i'm like golden Knights sounds like golden showers what a terrible name <laughs> no one's going to go to the games I had season ticket opportunity. I passed it up. Worst financial move ever. You, I would have made my money tenfold by now. Yeah. Bring a baseball team to Vegas. Basketball, they've already said. After NBA All-Star Weekend here, which was, a, I mean, it was a disaster, like, criminal-wise. And for the city, they weren't prepared for it. But there's such a demand for basketball. And there's great basketball here. There's great high school basketball. UNLV, even though they're trash right now, has a good long tradition And of also, basketball. you got, like, the Summer League is always here, Summer too. League is yeah, here. Yeah. When Summer League is here, it's popping. Yeah, Everyone yeah. loves being here. Um, so I was at a craps table with Boogie Cousins and AD, and they pulled up. We were at, we were there already. It was like ten in the morning. We were at uh, the Cosmo, and uh, <laughs> Boogie Cousins. Boogie goes, "Yo, hundred dollar minimum." And we're like, "Damn, yo, we we're playing ten dollars." Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just there. hanging out. And the dealer was like, "No, no, you guys are like grandfather." Because you day. stayed in, yeah, because we stayed in. But it was cool. Yeah, listen, Vegas is a basketball town, and I think we're eventually going to have it. We already have an arena for it. Why not? Word. Let's do it. I'm excited. Dude, you're the man. I appreciate you. I love this conversation. Yeah. Very fulfilling. Very uh, <laughs> validating also. Tell the people where they can find you. What's your yeah, social media? Yeah, uh, my social media, you can find me at the bar. It's at the, the underscore standard underscore LV. And then also my personal at Chris Morahan underscore LV. Um, right now, I'm just, my posts are family. They're bar oriented. You know, I run a gambling bar here in Vegas. I, I have 15 slot machines. Sports bar, you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, anyone can come down. It's about 25 minutes from the strip. Um, besides that, I, I, I'm very happy to, get to be here and I'm a fan. So it's, it's, it's fulfilling for me to be invited to see the show, to see all the guys. I think that Vegas needs this. If I'm not going to be the top podcast guy in Vegas, I need somebody else to do it that I know. So I'm happy you're here. Uh, so anyway, I could help you yeah, please reach out because this is amazing. Yeah, man. Nice. Uh, <laughs> dope words. I appreciate it. And yeah. got to say about your place devoured that burger that one time you were there <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just looking at me you're like hey bro you're right <laughs> look like you haven't eaten in a few weeks yeah, yeah that was listen, rough. Food, food is important to me so my restaurant the standard tavern here in vegas if you're ever around come check it out i'll make sure to have the handles for everything perfect chris you're the man i appreciate you shouts to audrey over there falling asleep <laughs> i think she's tired nap time thanks at, audrey <laughs> at veterans minimum as you can find the show and we'll catch you guys next time take care thank you property bills